what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. I say we make America godly again. And it's not going to come by electing certain people into office. It's only going to come as preachers stand behind the sacred desk but preach the word of Almighty God and call this nation back to a state of holiness. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Chronicles. The book of 2 Chronicles chapter 30. 2 Chronicles chapter 30 beginning with the first word of the first verse. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. For the king had taken counsel and his princes and all the congregation in Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently, neither had the people gathered themselves together to Jerusalem. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation, so they established a decree to make proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan, that they should come to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem. For they had not done it of a long time in such sort as it was written. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, come. To the house of the Lord. Come to the house of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, I come before your throne of grace today. And I thank you for every person that you have sent this way. And Lord, there are many needs today. Questions. Lord, and there are needs and questions that only you can meet and answer today. And Lord, it's time now for me to deliver this of which I believe you've given unto me. And Lord, I dare not begin this message today without asking for your anointing, your help. Lord, help me today to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, move upon your people and anoint them to hear and receive. Lord, that the needs might be met, the questions might be answered. Lord, that we might be drawn Closer to you and deeper into your word, Lord, help us to be led more by your spirit. And we'll ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. At the time that King Hezekiah came to the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel, Israel was in a bad state of affairs. 
For 16 years, his father Ahaz had ruled and reigned. And the Bible says that he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Julie, if you'll put it up on the screen, Second Chronicles 29 and verse 6. In verse 7, the Bible says that he shut up the doors of the temple. And as a result of that, the lamps on the golden lampstand went out in the temple of God. Understand this today, ladies and gentlemen. You and I today are the light of the world. And if the light that is in us goes out... Those who are lost out here in this world, they will die and go to hell. So it is extremely important that you and I maintain that light that God has placed within our hearts and lives. It must be maintained. And God gave instruction that the light of the lampstand... It was to be maintained. It was to never go out. And the priest would go in in the morning and order the lamps, trim the wicks, because the wick would soot up as the capillary action of the oil would flow through that wick in the fire. The soot would build up on the top of it. And the priest would go in and trim the wick. And the oil would get used up as it burned. And the priest would have to pour in fresh oil. It's important for you as a child of God to go before our heavenly high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, on a daily basis and let him trim you up. As the Lord brings sin and things to the surface, we must bring it to him in prayer and say, God, help us with this thing. Lord, trim it up. Lord, draw us closer to you. And Lord, fill us up with your spirit. It is important for you as a child of God to go before the Lord on a daily basis and stay filled up with his spirit. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Get so full of the Holy Ghost that people think you're crazy. You can't get full of the spirit of God when you're full of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Oh, come on, somebody. If you've got a pitcher over here full of Pepsi-Cola, you can't put no Mountain Dew in there until you get the Pepsi-Cola out. Come to the house of the Lord. Come to the house of the Lord. Go to a church somewhere where the Word of God is being preached and taught and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is moving and working. The lamps had to be maintained, but when the temple was closed, the lamps went out. No incense was being offered on the incense table, the table of worship, which typifies the intercessory work of Christ. It also, as far as it pertains to the believer, it pertains to our worship and our prayer life. But most of all, no sacrifices were offered up because the temple had been shut down. And the sacrifice addresses sin. And let me tell you this today. If sin goes unaddressed, judgment and death is the end result. 
Now, I want you to get that. Understand that today. Sin has to be addressed. And the only way you can address sin is through and by the sacrifice. And that sacrificial system of old pointed to Christ and what he would do at Calvary. But for years, sin went unaddressed. I wonder today how many churches have gone years without sin being addressed in the church. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Sin is a deadly thing, ladies and gentlemen. It kills, it steals, it destroys. It has killed every single human being. You say, I can just do it a little. No, you can't. I can, I can, only, I can go so far and stop. No, you cannot. There should be a fear of sin as it pertains to the believer. And this is the thing, ladies and gentlemen, the very thing that you fear it dwells on the inside of you. And the only thing that can wrap it up, the only thing that can keep it at bay is the Holy Spirit of God. That's it. There is nothing else. Within you today is the power to murder another human being. Oh, Brother James, I would never do anything like that. Put you in the right situation, the right circumstance. They know, tell him what you do. Oh, Brother James, I would never commit adultery. I would never do this. I'd never do that. Put you in the right situation under the right circumstances. Is anybody listening to me today? Don't ever think that you can overcome sin within yourself. You can't do it. Only the power of God can do it. And that power is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost only works as you place your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. That's it. Sin has to be addressed. And here's the thing. Due to sin not being addressed in Israel through and by the sacrifice for some 16 years... The Bible says the wrath of God was upon Israel and He delivered them to trouble. I hate trouble. When I was a little boy, I got in trouble. Got in trouble with Mama. She took that belt out and she laid it to the backside of this preacher. She only had to whoop me one time. From then on, she gave me the look. I'm <coughs> years old now, and Dana gives me the look. It's awful. <laughs> She's looking at me right now. <laughs> but let me tell you something. The look that my mama gave me when I was a little boy 
and that stern look I get now keeps me out of trouble with the law. Are you hearing me? You can be in trouble with mama, you can be in trouble with your wife, you can be in trouble with the law, but friend, there ain't nothing like being in trouble with God. And God delivered Israel to trouble. And I'm mighty afraid that God has delivered America to trouble as well. There's only one solution. Hezekiah understood that when he came to the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel. The first thing he did was to open up the temple of God. Had the priest to go in and clean things up. Get the furniture and all in order so that sacrifices could be offered up again. He understood the only thing that would assuage the wrath and judgment of God was to sacrifice. And that is the only thing, that was the only thing that would stop the trouble that was coming to Israel of that day. And let me tell you something, it is the only thing that will stop the trouble that's coming to America today. They say Donald Trump's going to run again in four years, make America great again. I say we make America godly again. Hello? I say we make America godly again. And it's not going to come by electing certain people into office. It's only going to come as preachers stand behind a sacred desk, or in my case, stand in front of it. But preach the word of Almighty God and call this nation back to a state of holiness. Which can only be accomplished in one's life as they place their faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. He offered up sacrifices. And then, in verse 1 of Second Chronicles chapter 30, Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah, wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh, that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. For the past several weeks, we've been dealing with the Passover. The Hebrew word for Passover is Pesah, and it means to pass over, but it also means to spare. As the children of Israel did what God said do, and they killed the lamb, and they took the blood and they applied it to the doorpost of the houses in which they lived in. And the death angel came through the land of Egypt that night. Those who applied the blood, they were spared. Because God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And God said in the first month of every year, all of Israel was to keep this as a feast throughout all of their generations. But by the time we get to Hezekiah, Second Chronicles 30 verse 5, the Bible says the Passover had not been kept 
of a long time in such a sort as it was written. Actually, the Passover had not been kept in Israel since the kingdom was divided some 260 years earlier. The Passover pointed to Christ and what he would do. And for 260 years, no Passover had been celebrated. But now they would celebrate it, but it would be a month later than what God said. If you look there in verse 2, they decided to keep the Passover in the second month. There were several reasons why. First of all, the temple had been shut down for years. And it had to be opened up and cleaned out. And certain pieces of furniture had been done away with. And those pieces had to be brought back. And everything had to be put in order. So that the sacrifices could be offered up and whatever the case. And that took time. But the Bible also says there in verse 3 they couldn't keep it at that time because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently. According to the law of Moses, the priest had to go through a ritual, a cleansing ritual which took days to perform. In order for them to perform their duties, they had to go through this cleansing ritual. And they had not sanctified themselves sufficiently. That's the problem in the church today. We don't have too many preachers today that have sanctified themselves sufficiently. Now what do I mean by that? Most understand the cross of Christ relative to salvation. But precious few understand the cross as it pertains to sanctification. How you should live for God. We don't know because the cross of Christ has not been preached and taught in the church as it should. Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 in your Bibles. You as a child of God, if you are a new convert, let me encourage you to read Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. It explains a lot. It explains the struggle that you're going through. Yeah, well, Brother James, I ain't struggling with nothing. Well, let me say this. If you ain't struggling with something, chances are you ain't saved. Well, Brother James, what are you struggling with? That's none of your business. If you can't look at me and tell how obvious it is, I had a chicken plate sale over there at the fire department yesterday. Got my chicken plate, and there they had them donuts sitting there, them ungodly things. And I said, no, I ain't going to get none. And I doffed the lady didn't come right up there to the door with a box of them and say, here you go, Mr. Pierce, $8. And there went $8. 
there's still stu- there's still two left in the box at the house this morning. Okay. Oh, wait, don't look at me like I ate the whole thing. There's four of us in the house. <laughs> and Julie says she didn't eat but one. All right, let's don't go any further with that. All right. But we all have weaknesses. We all have things that we struggle with. And you need to rejoice in your struggle. Temptation is going to come. There's nothing you can do to avoid temptation. Temptation shows you where your weakness is at. How do I avoid the temptation? How do I overcome the temptation? You go to the cross. You go to the cross. You rejoice in that temptation because here's the thing. The same burning, the same pain that you feel when you're tempted is similar to the same pain that Jesus felt when he died on Calvary. And we are to rejoice in his sufferings. Am I making any sense to you? And let me also say this too. The temptation that is coming your way, you think it's to stop by the store and get a lottery ticket. Or you think it's to go take a drink or to get this, do that, or whatever that's ungodly. That's not the end game, Satan. When Jesus was hanging on the cross... Those religious leaders stood there at the foot of the cross and told him, If you be who you say you are, come down from the cross and we'll believe you. Come down from the cross. That was the last temptation of Christ, was to come down off that cross And the end game of Satan for all temptation that comes against you and I, it is to take us away from the cross. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? Now, 2 Chronicles 29 verse 34, the Bible says that the priests were too few. Didn't have enough. Not enough preachers. There's a shortage of preachers today. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Preachers are a dime a dozen. But those that will stand up for the word of God and preaching the true word of God, they're few and far between. And preachers that deal and address sin in the church... It's, it's hard to find, ladies and gentlemen. It is. The modern church today, it's all about filling the church with people. But the true church of Jesus Christ should be about filling the people with God. All right. I'm running out of time. The next thing, the people had not gathered themselves together. They were scattered all over Israel. They were to come to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, the Bible says we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but we're to exhort one another and much more as we see the day approaching. That's the day of the Lord's coming. We should be in the house of God more. Let me put it this way. Friendship church is not open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But you, as a child of God, you need to place yourself in an environment that's conducive to the moving of the Holy Spirit as often as you can. The people had not gathered themselves together. So letters were sent out to all of Israel. Now, wait a minute. Hezekiah was king over the southern kingdom of Israel. But he sent letters to all of Israel. He sent letters to the northern kingdom. He didn't have jurisdiction there. He didn't have authority to do that. So why did he do it? Come on back next week, and I'll tell you why. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.